Hello. Welcome and thank you for joining us and listening to our podcast, The God Beyond the Bible. Our podcast is released weekly each Friday. The content of each episode is based on the questions and curiosities we all have about God and the Bible. Many of our topics are considered taboo in the minds of the mainstream church. You will find our discussions to be, I think, refreshing and often far from traditional. But we don't just skirt around these complex issues, but confront them head on, and not in the way you're used to hearing them discussed on typical Christian talk shows. I'm Alan Rowland, creator and host of The God Beyond the Bible. As of the launch of this podcast, I've been a pastor for more than 35 years. My co-host is my daughter, Trayson, and our engineer, co-producer, is my daughter, Tabitha. Our mission is to encourage our audience, along with us, to open our minds to the reality that God is simply too big to be fully explored or experienced by the reading and studying of a single ancient work. In short, the Bible's not the sum of God, and to think this is to limit what He has done, is doing, and what He will do in our future. So with introductions made, thank you for listening, and let's dive into the topic of the day. Welcome, Seekers, to podcast number 118 of God Beyond the Bible. As we mentioned in the previous episode, we are hoping to use part or all of the remainder of this year revisiting and taking a fresh look at some of our earliest episode topics. The last two episodes dealt with our first episode that we released in January of 2019 on the topic of the Bible not being the sum of God. Of course, you hear us say that, say that in the introduction of each episode. Today, we're going to take a fresh look at the topic of our second episode, and that is angels. And I think it was titled Angels, God's Agents on Earth. Yeah, and I want to say about that, for some reason on Spotify, it shows it to be the first episode. The first, it does. I know, and I don't know why they did that. It's just the way they read the feed. Yeah, I guess it's what it was. But anyway, go ahead. Okay, Uh, yeah, our shout outs this week are to Jefferson and to Annette Dahl, we are so glad to have you listening, and I loved your comments that you gave. They're absolutely great. You bet. And our quote, if I speak to you concerning earthly things, and you understand it not, how will you understand if I speak of heavenly things? And that's, of course, Jesus. All right. We wish to open our discussion today with a statistic that we used in episode two on angels. It seems that about 8 out of 10, or 80% of Americans, believe in the existence of angels, while only about 2 out of 10, or 2% of Europeans, say they believe in the existence of angels. 2 out of 10 would be 20%. Right, yeah. Okay, my bad. I said 2%. Oh, no, 20. Oh, sorry about that. That was a typo, yeah. What do you think the cultural disparity is that makes for such a large gap in this statistic? Can I just be realistic about it? I think that a lot of it is the influence of having a state church. Like the Church of England. The Church of England and the the Roman Catholic influence. A lot of European people are very jaded by organized religion. Mm -hmm. And I think it turns you off to the idea of anything spiritual. It's a pretty good... Okay. Um, so I forgot where I was, guys. Sorry. A 2008 ABC poll found that about 55% of Americans believe that they are or have been supernaturally protected by angels. We also found that a 2010 Gallup poll found that four out of 10 folks who have no religious affiliation still believe in angels. Of course, as we've mentioned several times, about eight out of 10 Americans profess a belief in God. Well, less than two out of ten, t- two out of ten attend a regular religious service or claim a religious affiliation. 
of course, we realize that how many people believe in or don't believe in something doesn't mean it exists or it doesn't right. exist. Does anyone know how these statistics in the belief of angels compare to the number of Americans who believe we've been visited by beings from other planets, solar systems, and galaxies? I mean... I looked it up, and the best I could find was from um, the article.com, and it said 8 out of 10 Americans believe in angels, and... 36% of Americans, about 80 million people, believe UFOs exist. So 30, 36%, did you say 36%? 36% believe So in, over a third, yeah. over a third of Americans believe. Well, okay. almost. Okay. I found 48% on Americans who believe in aliens. So okay. Okay. somewhere in that, uh, less than 50%. Less than, less than 50%, yeah. So where are we at? Was Number that, four. Is that me? No, that's Tabby. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> Does limiting the question to the title angels also narrow, narrow the affirmative response? And I actually, when you change it to a guardian angel, one yeah. in three people mm -hmm. believe in a guardian angel. So it, it kind of, you know. Okay. Um, angels is more or less a biblical term and sort of limits our thinking to the Judeo-Christian community. What if you said supernatural beings or spirit guides? watchers and helpers of humanity would that raise the number of those who say they believe in the existence of these supernatural entities i think so because it would really step outside of the judeo-christian sort yeah, of mindset yeah. mm -hmm. because when you look at native american tribes and native indigenous people all across the world that have beliefs and spirit guides who guide them through things you know the term angel tends to have that white robed feathery wing halo connotation it with does. it and most of the time even in the bible that's really not what an angel no. sounds like <clears throat> so of course most of our fellow seekers are likely familiar with the biblical accounts of human encounters with angels and i guess if we are of the opinion that the nephilim of noah's day in the book of genesis are angels that would probably be the earliest biblical account or enoch Yes, yeah. <laughs> or Enoch. But we have accounts scattered all throughout the Bible. Abraham, Jacob, Balaam, Daniel, Joseph, and the list just goes on and on. And let me go and ahead on. and say, I found it interesting. I think we mentioned this on the episode on angels before. It was actually Sarah is the first person in the Bible that's mentioned to have encountered an angel. Mm -hmm. Not Abraham. Right. It was actually Sarah. Okay, go ahead. Well, even many New Testament encounters were recorded um paul john peter and numerous others claim to have encountered these supernatural beings in fact the book of revelation who is authored by john traditionally um has angels in almost every single chapter in fact according to the opening statement the visions and the prophecies were all delivered by angelic means yeah and i'll say john did identify himself in the book of revelation as john but we still don't know for certain, for certain, it was the gospel, the John of the Gospels. Right. You know, that's tradition go, falls in there. Okay. What about these supernatural beings actually materializing and appearing in human form? Most of us have likely heard or read testimony of folks who were dragged to safety from a crashed automobile or a burning building, only to discover later that when they tried to identify and find the rescuers to thank them, that no one knew who they were or where they came from and why, you know, why they were present or even where they went. The writer of the book of Hebrews supports these mysterious appearances by encouraging the reader to be kind to strangers or be careful to entertain strangers because they may be unaware that they're entertaining angels. 
Besides the Christian religion, the Muslim religion believes each person has two angels, one to keep record of the good, a person does, <clears throat> excuse me, and one to record the bad. The Hindu religion has their version of angels called... Devas. Devas. Is, yeah. The Mormons believe that the angels are actually, that they actually take on human form for the most part and are here to aid humanity. In fact, it was reported to have been an angel that led the founder of the Mormon religion to the golden plates and then translated them to English. Joseph, right? Joseph Smith, is that right? Yes, and the angel's name was Moroni. 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 Yeah, Moroni. Yes. That uh -huh. was it. Uh -huh. And see, that's my problem is I read things all the time instead of watching things, so I often get the pronunciations <laughs> wrong. But I was going to say that it's ironic with the Mormon or with the Islam, the beliefs in Islam. Um, the Muslim beliefs, because it really flows along if you read the book of Enoch in a pretty decent translation. There's one group of angels who write down the good that every person does, and they constantly are bringing that before God and showing them all of the good of humanity. But then there's this other group whose entire job is to write down all of the bad things so that humanity does, but they're only allowed to bring their book forward when they're called by another angel and ask to come forward and read the list of God. They can't oh, just really? bring this list in so front they, of him. They don't have free. They don't have free reign there mm -hmm. around the council of God. Oh, how cool! I think you're eight, Tracy. So the Book of Enoch, which has been preserved and translated, even though sometime around the third century A.D. it was decided not to be included in our Judeo-Christian biblical text, is another book that's all about angelic activity. And where we get the idea that the Nephilim were fallen angels who had sexual relations with earth women and produced a race of hybrid giants. Enoch indicates, and many believe, that the purpose of the Great Flood was to cleanse the Adamic race from the genetic influence of those giants. Okay. As we re-listen to episode number two on angels, it seems that we dedicated the remainder of that early episode to a discussion on Enoch and the impact that the Forbidden Book has had on our modern theology, even though it was rejected as far as making the cut into our modern Bible. So if you'd like to continue to hear more on Enoch, a lot of details and ins and outs, uh, we invite you to go to episode two from January of 2019, and it's titled Angels, God's Agents on Earth. And listen to that episode. However, since we're taking a fresh look in some of our original podcast uh, at some of our original podcast topics, uh, we feel we should alter our course of discussion towards some new thoughts, and that's what we're going to do. So let's use the remainder of this episode to discuss angels, spirit beings, spirit guides, watchers, supernatural agents, and whatever other titles you may choose to give them. We're going to use the remainder to talk about what their purpose and role might be today. So for the sake of argument, let's say they do exist. First of all, it should bring us all comfort to know that there is some force of supernatural influence at work among humanity. Many believe their role is today, in fact, always has been to progress humanity in a positive direction and also to steer humanity away from self-destruction. If you're a history buff, there are some pretty amazing coincidences that took place during the great wars of history that actually set the course for those who claimed victory. You know, they were about to take the capital, the U.S. Capitol, and they had actually set it on fire and was about to burn the U.S. Capitol, and a tornado came. A tornado came with a heavy rain, put out the fire, and scattered the British Army. Oh, wow. Oh, neat. So... There was this flaming cross that was said to appear in the air that was believed to aid the Roman Emperor Constantine. And Alexander the Great was reported to have had many supernatural occurrences that aided him in his conquests and victories. 
George Washington was reported to have met regularly with some sort of spirit guide that directed him to make decisions that led to victory in the Revolutionary War. And Abraham Lincoln's wife was said to have kept a spiritual advisor at hand that she consulted regularly that claimed to have access to supernatural entities. And then we have Nancy Reagan, the wife of President Reagan, and she did the same. And her advisor consulted the astrological signs for Mrs. Reagan to set up her husband's travel schedule. Well, in fact, Mrs. Reagan was very uncomfortable for her husband to be elected in the first year of the decade, 1980, as John F. Kennedy was in 1960, because others who had started their terms on these even-numbered years had been assassinated. I didn't realize that. And her spiritual advisors warned of the danger, and a near-successful assassination attempt was carried out on President Reagan during his first year in office, which those close to the Reagan family say this further galvanized Mrs. Reagan and her belief in the supernatural, mystic, and metaphysical influences of the universe. And you can say, I I just keep cutting everyone off, you can say what you will, but if we believe that God created this universe and that he is in the universe, then it only makes sense that everything works together in some, you know. Sure, it's all connected. It's It's all connected. connected. And we're all connected. Mm -hmm. I really believe that. One of my most recent stories that I found was, um, you guys know Warren G. Harding. He was a president. Uh Not one of the most popular. (laughs) But his wife... um, consulted mediums on a regular basis spiritual advisors whatever you'd like to call them and she went before hers and she took her astrological information and or her husband's and the information on the other two men who were running for office and she took it before her advisor and said i want you to tell me which one of these is going to win the election and she handed her the card back for her husband and said this one is the one that's going to win but when he does, it's going to spell his doom. He'll die before he's out of office. Which well, didn't he die in two months into office? Less than two. Was he the one? That, he was two years. Oh, um, okay. Well, I, okay. I thought he might have been the. You know, you're one thinking of, the pres- of William Henry Harrison yeah, yeah, that died Harrison. in thirty days. Yeah, he yeah. made his speech in the pouring rain and then died of pneumonia. Mm-hmm. Thirty days in his office. But go ahead. But go yeah, back. two years after he took office, now, back they to were who, what president you're talking about? Warren G. Harding. Warren, yeah, Harding. Um, his wife's name was Florence. Two years into their, they were in Boston on a train, and he ate something. They don't know what it was. And the next thing they knew, he just kind of keeled over, and they just drove the train on back to Washington, D.C., and the president had died. Tabitha, if I'm right, I think you're 13. The reality is that almost all leaders through the ages had their spiritual advisors that they sought advice and counsel from. Almost all Old Testament kings and rulers had a staff of prophets, mediums, spiritual advisors, and the like. And in the past few decades alone, there seems to have been a resurgence of people seeking influence from the spiritual realm. On numerous occasions, Jesus was reported to have received different types of service from angelic beings. Following what the Christian culture has titled The Temptation of Jesus, where he fasted and was reportedly tempted of the devil, it was recorded that he was afterward afterward ministered to by angels and i'm going to mention this and i don't want to any way make a suggestion of this one way or the other but you know president trump had a spiritual advisor mm-hmm. did you ever watch i did not that deal you might go on youtube and look it's interesting it, it's different okay it's different yeah uh president trump's spiritual advisor hmm. it's, right. it's a little different so spiritualism and metaphysical mediums and such are really beginning to play an important role in solving crimes and finding people who have been missing for 
or dead for decades. The response of the church through the years has pretty much been that all such goings on are product of demonic activity. But we must take into account that the Christian religion has always been quick to condemn or criticize anything that could empower the individual and circumvent the hierarchy of the organized church. If you will recall, the Jewish leaders were constantly accusing Jesus of receiving his power from the devils. Mm -hmm. So what are we to make of the folks who subscribe to the idea that each of us have a behind the veil or an unseen team of spiritual or supernatural beings that work on our behalf behind the scenes. Uh, most, partic- uh, most participants of the Christian religion have no problem with the concept of a personal guardian angel. There are many uh, meditations uh, or meditative hypnosis sessions that are designed to connect us with our spirit guide or guardian angel. It's believed that as we open our minds to the idea that we can learn to utilize these spirit agents Uh, And it seems that most who pursue this phenomenon have come to recognize the influence of these unseen agents in their lives. And I want to say here, if this is something that you're not really into as far as personally trying to seek out your spirit guide or anything like that, I want to teach you something that I have had to really come to understand as I began seeking and sort of opened myself and awakened to all of this. I cannot judge someone else's journey. No. Just because it's not something that I'm really in a place that I'm comfortable with. One, it doesn't mean I won't be there in a year. Mm -hmm. Two, I may never be there. But if that's where you're at, you follow your path and you you do your thing. And we put so much stock in, well, I don't believe that. I don't believe in that. Well, you know, it doesn't matter. If I believe in Whether it, we believe in it or not. I think we not. said earlier, believing or not believing doesn't mean it, it exists. It doesn't change yes. what is, yeah. So before we end this discussion, let's talk about the animal kingdom and their role in the spiritual realm. Anyone who has or who has ever had a cherished pet will tell you that there is a connection to those animals that transcends our human relationships. How is it that service animals can anticipate and predict things like seizures, diabetic complications, and a myriad of other human frailties? Is it merely their enhanced sense of sight, hearing, and smell? Now we're beginning to acknowledge the benefits of and introduce animals into hospitals and long-term care facilities. Those who subscribe to vibration and frequency healings believe that the part of a cat possesses healing qualities. I can tell you that there is nothing that will calm anxiety like a cat laying on your lap and purring. Mm-hmm. There's something about that frequency. Well, cats, you know, wasn't it Bailey that was sick here while I get back and mm-hmm. old Luke goes and lays on top of yep. her and just lays there and purrs and tell she you know and Tawana will do that when Tawana's having a bad day this old cat we got she'll go in there and lay right beside her and just stay Uh right there beside her well go ahead well perhaps we should conclude with this thought let's play the devil's advocate and say that none of these spiritual beings actually exist and it's just the mere suggestion of the supernatural presence and influence in our lives that we have convinced ourselves is real And therefore, it's that power of suggestion that's manifesting itself in the form of unexplainable and even miraculous phenomenon. Might we then say it doesn't matter whether the existence of such beings is ever proven to be true? The outcome is still nothing less than miraculous. Sure. If you believe in it, makes it, you know, makes a difference. That's something I told someone, someone told me one time when I started taking anxiety medicine. So, well, you know, it's not the medicine, the effect's all in your head that it works. Well, and I'm like, but even if it is, if it works, well, if I the don't problem, care. 
if the problem is all inside my head, then, <laughs> then that's all that matters. And as always, may the divine's unconditional grace, peace, and love be on, in, and radiate out from each of you, our fellow seekers, from all of us here at God Beyond the Bible. Did you enjoy listening to God Beyond the Bible? Do you have an idea for an episode? Connect with us today. Visit our website at godbeyondthebible.com, all one word, or send us an email at email at godbeyondthebible.com, or you can visit us on Facebook. Just type God Beyond the Bible into the search bar.